today's message is going to be called Full Circle. And, um, and I, I, really, I really have been praying and asking the Lord about some things. And I've been really seeing the Lord um, do a lot of restoration. And he's been doing it very quickly. Like things that have not been restored for a long time, he's doing it very fast right now. And it's very exciting to my heart to see the restoration come because, um, you know, when we go through our seasons, because we're human and we're not perfect, they're, 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 they, now, I'm, Pete, I think you did this to me. <laughs> there are mistakes that are made. And because we're, we have our human nature, we have our flesh that we deal with. And, um, and I really believe right now, this season, we're in a time where God is doing a full circle with us. And he's giving us an opportunity again to get back in the game and to get back to where God originally wanted us to be. But it's going to come with the fullness. And so mistakes that we've made in the past or maybe... Um, Maybe just not even stepping into your own calling, things God has had for you. And maybe you've been holding back, you know, or you've gone through different things in this past season. And God is like bringing it back again. And he's saying, okay, I'm bringing it back to you. Now what are you going to do with it? It's like the ball is in your court. Now what are you going to do with it? And so I just feel like it's a very exciting time right now. Um, God is trying to take us into a time of fullness, and um, and I just want to talk to you, you know, like where where we've been and where we're gonna go, because I think it's so important for the body of Christ not to stay stuck in a season or not to stay stuck in an area where you feel stuck in. So we're gonna talk about you know how the people. When they, it's so funny because Pete was talking about the promises, and though, and he didn't, we really didn't talk much about what I was going to share this morning, but we were talking about Moses and how he had to lead the people out of Egypt. And, um, and, you know, the one thing that God was trying to show them was to trust in him. This is this past season with all these attacks and all this mess of the enemy um, coming and attacking has been a walk of trust with God. It's like, I'm teaching you how to trust again. I'm pulling you out of uh, the, the mindset, the thoughts of, of that slave mindset of going backwards all the time. We're going to be moving forward now. And so <laughs> as the people are, are, are wonder, wandering for 40 years, it wasn't about like, it was a, a, a teaching place, but it wasn't because like, it wasn't because God was looking so much at, at, at the sin all the time. He was trying to help them to understand who they were really called to be in him. He was helping them to understand, to trust in him, to walk with him. And um, it was about possessing the land. And the 40 years came, and it, was, it took 40 years for them to understand the very thing God had for them was to possess the land. And Moses comes, and the people are, like, complaining, and, and they go through this whole bit of complaining, um, 
you know, not understanding what God was doing. Uh, they started thinking the old way they thought, you know, why did we even come to this land? We should go back to Egypt. We were slaves there, but we had food. It was always like an issue. Like it was so much negativity and so much complaining and murmuring. And God comes in. <laughs> it was funny because um, the Lord was showing me this the other day, but we went somewhere and they had a sign and it says, before you complain, have you volunteered? And I thought that was hilarious to me because sometimes we complain about things that we're not even a part of sometimes. We'll go to the grocery store. We'll go somewhere and complain about some kind of decision they've made or something they're doing, but we don't know why those decisions were made or why those things were done, but we complain about them. And the Lord was just like, he's been telling me like, um, it's, it's in our nature sometimes that we complain about things and God's like, you were never called to be a complainer or to be negative or to have bad thoughts like that. Like, get rid of that stuff. Don't think that way. And um, it, God speaks through everything in our lives. And we were given, like, a bunch of sugar this past week, like a lot of sugar for the pantry. And, and, I, and you know, in the natural, you're like, oh, it's just sugar. And I was like, I look at things in the spirit, and I'm like, God, your sweetness it's like your sweetness. You don't want us to forget how sweet you are in the walk and in the process of us being processed. It's like we're being processed and we're going through all kinds of things in our mind and the Lord's breaking some things down on how we've seen things before. And he's like, it's not going to look the same. And he's like, but not only am I going to transition your mind, because when they were walking in the, in the wilderness for the 40 years, it was a transition of their mindset. It was a transition of their mindset of from slavery to sons and daughters. It was like, I'm going to take you from where you came from, and I'm going to take you to the promised land. But there's some work that has to be done from here to there. There's some uh, changes that we have to make from here to there. And that, that was a whole process of what God was trying to teach them. And so he says, but then I'm going to send my sweetness on you at the same time. And, you know, when God sends his sweetness into something, um, it changes your mindset. It, 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 things become easy when God sends his sweet spirit upon you when you're dealing with things. And I'm like, I, you know, I was thinking and I was praying the other day and I was like, God, you're so good that even in the midst of all this, you know, I was even thinking like pantry wise, you know, back when people, when the attacks came in the economy, if you had sugar, it was a good thing. If you had sugar, you were rich. And I was thinking about this and I was like, I get what you're saying in the spirit, God. You're saying we're rich. You're saying we have more than enough. You're saying we are we are moving from a from a different side of perspective, of, of kingdom perspective, heavenly perspective, and not from the natural area. You know, people right now, they're having a hard time financially. They don't have money for food. They don't have money for things right now. And here comes God and sends a bunch of sugar and says, you're going to be rich because I say you're rich. You're going to be full, have the fullness and the blessings because I'm going to send you the fullness and the blessings and I was so I was like I was like man you're so good God you know he could have sent anything but he sent some sugar 
And I was just like, God, you're so good that you you come and you bring this sweetness in the midst of such chaos, in the midst of such craziness, in the midst of our the way we think and we feel. You're sending your sweet spirit to hover over this town and to hover over your people. And I just I just had a moment just to take it in. I was sitting there with all these bags and I just I just began to like cry because I knew it was the Lord speaking that he's sending his sweetness right now. And he's like, you've been processed. You've been refined. Pete just did a message about refining. He's like, when you look at sugar, there's different kinds you can buy. And so when you read the back, I'm just like getting some stuff right now that I didn't have before. But, you know, when you read the, the package on the sugar, it says refined sometimes. And it's like, and I just, I just feel like God's saying, you've been refined. You've gone through the refining. Now after you've been refined, your mindset has changed. You've come to this place with me now I'm going to send my sweet spirit and my sweetness over you so things can become easy for you <laughs> I get excited for what God's doing and you know through the process of the the complaining um you know with all the changes and all these laws and all these restrictions and all these things the Lord just kept saying quit complaining and pray He's like, pray, 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 pray. Everything you want to complain about, pray about it. Everything that you want to have something negative to say, pray about it. Get on your face and start beginning to pray because our nation, even our president acknowledged the other day that our nation needed prayer right now. And robashi And you know when you when you lay yourself down, as Pete was talking earlier, in prayer for a city, for a town, for a nation, it takes you to be in humility. Moses was known for his humility as he was taking the people from Egypt into the Promised Land. It's like, who cares what I look like? Who cares what you know what what I'm wearing? Or who cares? You know, if I'm at the throne crying my eyes out, who cares? about what, who sees me in that process um, even me dying to self who cares of who sees me in the process of dying to myself who cares because God's taking us into this humility that it's never been about us it's always been about him and if you just let him come and lavish you with his goodness and sweetness and keep um, keep yourself in humility to know that um, to know that it's that it's no longer about us pointing out the wrongs. Even when we look at people, I've been praying to the Lord and I said, God, let me see people the way you see them. Don't let me see them with their flaws or or things that, you know, they carry. But let me see the people the way that you saw them, the way that, you know, and I believe Moses even went through that process. He was like, God, help me. Let me see these people the way that you see them and not the way my own flesh, my own um, my the way that I grew up or the way that I was taught things to see these people this way because Moses had to cry out to God and he was he was the only one he, he had the most humility but he was yet the one who had an encounter with the Lord face to face so us moving in that humility is going to give us the face-to-face encounters that we're looking for from the Lord and it's like we're not we got to get to a place where we we're not caring what people are thinking or saying about us
<clears throat> in Joshua 5, 6, it talks about this. It says the Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died. There's been a lot of generals of the faith that have passed away. I mean, there's so much prophecy that they left us with. But it gave us opportunity for new generations to rise up. And we can't take that lightly, even as the new generation rises up, that, um, that what they did had power. What they did, it paved the way for many of us. Right. And um, <laughs> Joshua was one of those people that came up to lead the people into the promised land. And um, Joshua had this amazing encounter. See, he, he was taught by Moses. So if he was taught by Moses, guess what? I guarantee you Joshua had uh, a place with the Lord of humility. And he was known to be a warrior, but at the same time, there was this humility that he had to walk in to begin to take the people across to their promised land. And as I was reading this, and it was like, if we go to Joshua 5.13, this is what happens to Joshua. This is where we're going, everybody. We're going from, you know, that old mindset, that old thing, you know, where we're comfortable at. And God is having us expand our tents. He's moving us forward into the promises he has for us. But we have to be willing to go. We have to be willing to take ground and take the land back, stop complaining about it, and do something about it in prayer. Prayer is power, and it moves things, and it shakes things, and it does things. Why? Because you're being a laid-down lover for a city, a town, and a nation. And it's not about you. It's not who's seeing you pray, but it's between you and the Lord that you're petitioning with the Lord for people. Just like Pete was saying, people matter. Don't complain about the people. Pray to the Lord for the people. And you begin to partner with the Lord and walking with him to pray for them instead of complain about them. And I, I'm telling you, this is total breakthrough for many people right now. But Joshua had this great encounter. In Joshua 5.13, it says, when Joshua was, was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or foe? <laughs> I can already imagine, like, in my mind, I'm envisioning this. I'm like, Joshua was like gangster. He was like, look, are you for me or are you against me? Like, where do you stand, <laughs> you know? Sometimes we can be like that with people. Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. And I, I, when I read that, I was like, oh, my God. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. Take off your sandals for the, it says, the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he told him. It, it, the Lord sent the angelic, the Lord's commander of the army, to come and pull down these walls that had been built by man. 
And I'm telling you right now, the walls are coming down in Bryan. The walls are coming down in Archibald. The walls are coming down in our cities right now. But it's going to happen through intercession. It's going to happen through prayer. It's going to happen through us laying ourselves down to begin to pray and seek the Lord for breakthrough that he can send the commander of this region to begin to break the walls down. And I really believe that each wall that we've been even pulling down here in our place here, it's a representation of the walls coming down in this town. Yesterday we were driving and we were going to some places and I just kept praying as we were driving. And I was like, no more division, God. Because see, I can sit here and I can complain about everybody around me, but it's not going to get me nowhere. It's not going to get the things of God to be done, but I have to begin to invite the kingdom of God into Brian. I have to begin to invite the, the spirit of God into Brian so the spirit of God can begin to bring change into our community. And I, I just started saying, I said, God, no more division. Let the walls begin to break down. I'm, I'm sick and tired of the, the, the division. I'm sick and tired. I can't even imagine those that have lived here forever. You know what I mean? Like, be sick of it, but in prayer. And so I just started going after it in prayer yesterday. I was like, God, we will not conform, but we will begin to take ground and take the land back of Brian to, for your kingdom's sake, that you, who you are begins to be represented in our lives on a daily basis and taking possession of the land not for ourselves, because there's the next phase of building of the kingdom of God that God wants to do here. And I just started seeing like the Lord's hand just began to move on our on our behalf through the prayer. I got here this morning and <clears throat> you know I come to the back door all the time. <laughs> I'm like getting some stuff right now. I'm sorry. But um I guess about two years ago I had somebody um tell me about dreams they were having, and they would always tell me how the enemy would, they saw the enemy coming in through the back door. I'm sorry, I'm just, I feel the Lord on this. And I get here to the back door this morning and I saw on the door it said, no trespassing. And I know I've seen that sticker like four million times, but this morning I felt it in my spirit and my spirit leaped. And the Lord says, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, I'm going to speak to the enemy that there's no more trespassing on our land anymore to rob and to steal what you want to do here for your kingdom's sake, that you would get the glory for everything happening here, that there would be no trespassing of the enemy anymore, and that none of us would be deceived by the enemy anymore. And I just, it just, my heart just fell when I saw it, and I was just like, no more trespassing on our land you lying devil no more trespassing in our houses because you're a liar and you don't belong here anymore see this is the voice that Pete's talking about this morning that we have a voice and we have to begin to speak out and speak things in existence because God listens to our prayers and what we say and he comes down and then he 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 agrees with that why because he can 
He can because we're moving out of the fruits of the spirit and what is legal in the heavens. See, when we come with our complaining and our murmuring sometimes, what happens is God can't agree with that because he's like, that's not my fruit. That's not my character. That's not my nature to feel or to see people that way. But when you begin to align yourself, like Pete was saying, with the love, and you begin to filter things through love in a, in a, in a broader way, then God can agree with that. And then you begin to see the hand of God begin to move on your behalf of what you're praying for. So I believe that there's a realigning coming to the body if we trust in God. The wilderness was the process of what God was transforming in them to walk in. <laughs> and they fought it over and over. But still God had his way. So I'm going to challenge you, quit fighting the very thing God is telling you to do. Because the more you fight him, you waste time. I had a moment this past week, and I was like, so much time wasted, God, on things that don't even matter to you. I said, don't let me waste time anymore on things that don't matter to you. Because, see, God's not worried about... He's not worried about the same things that we, be we become worried about. He's worried about, he's not worried about anything, actually. <laughs> but he wants us to realign ourselves with what heaven's saying. He wants us to realign ourselves of where we're at and where we're supposed to be. We're doing a whole full circle right now, and God is coming back with everything that his fullness, and he's saying, okay, I'm giving you an up, another opportunity. I know you'll probably mess it up again because we're not perfect. None of us are, but let's let's go for this thing again let's try to get back to where we were supposed to be and the things that were stolen will be restored and the things that you thought you lost you didn't lost because god will bring it full circle back to you i i saw this scripture over and over again this past week and i thought it was so relevant and it was psalms 23 1 through 6. And David is crying out to God, and he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He, le he, he Well, in some verses, he leads me. In this one, it's the NLT. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams, and he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I read that part, the rod and the staff, and I was like, God, when you said this, what did you mean? The rod and the staff meant the power of God. The rod and the staff meant the authority of God. It brought change every time, and it was out of demonstration. And a robahashati, protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Your cup 
He wants to come and overflow it this morning. His goodness and his unfailing love. He wants us to begin to put love into action. Because you can say you love somebody. Oh, I'm not offended with you. I'm not hurt with you. And you can say all that out of your mouth, but something inside of you is still, there's something still there, sitting there. And the Lord's been telling me, you have to put love into action, Alice. You got to begin to, to um, extend yourself out of your comfort zone and do things that you normally wouldn't do to reach out to, to people, to make things right, to, to realign yourself with my heaven. And, and, you know, what does it take when you do that? Humility. It's like, God, all I want is you. I want to have a face-to-face encounter. And if it takes me doing all of this to have the face-to-face, that I can begin to align myself with what you speak in heaven, then I want to do it. Don't you want to do it? Don't you want to, just like Pete was saying, let it go, just let it all go. It's like, let all that stuff go. All this stuff you've been harboring in your heart. All this stuff you've been harboring. You know, you're, you're carrying all this baggage. And God's like, put the baggage down so you can begin to. Um, I'm just getting like some things. He wants you to run your race again. And you can't run your race carrying baggage anymore. And I, we were driving from Pete's eye appointment the other day, and we were driving in the car, and I looked to the left, and all of a sudden I began to see all these horses. And this is in the spirit. I'm seeing this in an open vision, and I begin to see all these, like, thousands of horses running really fast and I could smell them and I can hear every sound that they made with their feet as soon as they would land I would hear every hoof I would hear the dirt kicking up I would hear every single bit of it and I re- I just began to cry because I knew it was the Lord and he was like it's time to run the race and you can't run the race when you carry baggage and you need to let the baggage go and you need to let all that stuff you've been carrying oh well last season this happened and that complaining and the murmuring right complaining but this but i got so hurt lord i've been through this and i've been through that and god's like no honey this is a new season and you gotta run your race but you gotta let some things go you gotta leave the baggage go because when you're carrying things you can't run very fast But as soon as you let those things go, you can run really fast. You can run. You can run with great rabahashati, endurance for the Lord. Oh, Lord, I just feel the presence of God right now. And so I just want to share with you this encounter I had last week. You know, we just read about being in the house of the Lord. And um, I had this encounter with the Lord, and I'm going to give you some scripture with it. But I was sitting here in worship last Sunday, and I shut my eyes for a moment, and I stepped into this encounter, and I, I hadn't seen this of the Lord for many, many years now. I have not seen this be- for a long time, but I saw it this day, and I, I was in this bedroom. And the bedroom always speaks of intimacy with the Lord. And um, I remember getting off the bed, and I was by myself in this room, and I got off the bed, and it was like the most comfortable bed you could think of. It was like posturepedic times 10. 
it was like, <laughs> it's like I remember getting off the bed and I could see the indention in the cushion where I had laid on. And I was just like, God, I was like, oh my God. I said, look at this indention in the bed. And then all of a sudden I see it go up. I was like, that's a comfortable bed. But when I got up, I had been in a place of rest. And I felt like, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like so much energy come to me all at the same time in the place of rest. Let your, your spirit catch this for a moment. In, in, in the place of rest is where you get rejuvenated and you, you begin to get things again from the Lord. And I got up and I stood up and I was, I was in the house of the Lord. And you're like, how do you know you were in the house of the Lord? I, I could feel it. I could feel that I was in the house of the Lord. And I began to get up, and, and there was this huge, big old bay window. I mean, it was enormous. And the curtains were so big. Like, they hung so tall, and it's like I was tiny. <laughs> I became real little in the house of the Lord. And I just remember going up to the curtains, and I was like, Man, how I want to see what's out of the window. Uh, you know, when you get up in the morning, you want to see outside and you open up your window curtains or you open up your window. And I was like, I want to see what's there, Lord. And um, I got up and I, I began to pull the curtain one way because the curtains were so big. I had to walk the curtain like I literally had to walk the curtain this way. And then I had to go to the other side and walk the other side of the curtain this way. And all of a sudden... I look across from the window and I begin to see rows and rows and rows of grapevines. And I just saw this vineyard that was so lushful, like it was lush. That's all I can say. It was like so lush and rich. And it was like the best <laughs> vineyard I've ever seen in my life. I've seen pictures of some and, and I just looked across and then past the vineyards was the mountains in the back. And I knew that it was a heavenly encounter the Lord was showing me. And, um, and I just started like seeking the Lord on it. And you know, the vines, they were considered to be sacred. It was symbolic of a big harvest and bounty. And when, the, when you got the harvest and the bounty, it wasn't you got it because it, it, it came from endurance. The, the, the vines, the vineyard came from pressing in and continuously being in endurance with the Lord. And that's how your vineyard is created in heaven by your endurance, by you keep, when you keep going, when you don't give up, there's something being manifested in heaven for you of this great vineyard that is being created on our behalf because of us not giving up and us enduring and we keep running the race. There's something in heaven that's happening at the same time as we're going to the Lord and we keep being persistent with him. It's not for nothing. That's right. the, the, the devil comes and lies. He says, you know, all of that was for nothing. What came out of that? Destruction? What came out? And you're like, no, 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 no. There was something being built in heaven. There was a big harvest and bounty that God is creating right now in heaven because our constant pursuit after him. And if you go to read John 15, let's go there for a moment. This also represented 
how Jesus was a true vine. And if we go read in chapter 15, John 15, and we're going to read, we're going to start at foot one. And the Lord here makes it very clear of what he's doing right now in the body. I am the true grapevine, and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they may produce even more. You have already been uh, pruned and purified. This is the refining part. By the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And there's an exclamation on that. And it will be granted when you produce much fruit. You are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. Ribahashati. I have loved you even as the father has loved me. Remain in my love. And when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Your joy will overflow. This is the cup we just read about in Psalms 23. My cup overfloweth. What overflows over your, uh, over your cup? The joy overflows. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name this is my command to love each other this is the love we're talking about and if you re if you continue reading on it talks about the world's hatred we we were never created to hate one another we were never created to be offended or wounded with one another, but we were created to run together, to run together the race that sits before us, that we're not going to give up. We're going to press on. And, and in love, God will give us the strength because he's a true vine and he's sending great fruit from our decision to love. 
when we choose love, he's building something in heaven. And when that thing is overfilled, it's going to bust through from the heavenlies. And guess what? Heaven's going to bend over and pour it out onto a city, onto a nation, onto a country. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And that's the overflow of the joy he's talking about. And no longer are we walking around defeated and angry and mad. Some people are angry at the devil right now. They're angry with people. They're angry with the governors. They're angry with with our president. But where is that going to get you? Because God can't align himself with the hate and and, and the evil. He can only align himself in love. Get on your face and pray. Pray to something happens because there's a full circle God's trying to do and he's trying to bring things back to his people and give you authority and right to possess the land because once we possess the land, then his promises are in the land that we're possessing. So the very thing you're running from is the very thing where the promises are at. But you keep running from it and you don't want to deal with things. And God's like, your promise is right there. Get rid of it. Get rid of the, the junk. Get rid of the ramahashati. Get rid of all that stuff that you're carrying because we're not in a season anymore for that. God's promises are trying to manifest right now. And it's time for us to move forward into the promised land. It's time. Can we stand this morning? God has been just wrecking me. I mean, wrecking me. Like, I I just been this big old crybaby with the Lord. And I'm, I'm like, Lord, you know, like, dissect me. Come in my heart and dissect my heart. And whatever whatever I need to fix, whatever I need to get rid of, whatever I need to let go, then help me to let go of it. Because if you can't do it in your own power, if you could do it in your own power, you would have already done it. But it's going to take Holy Spirit to come and help you to get rid of some things this morning. You know, some people in this region, they've, hold, they've held on to things for years. And they've wasted a lot of time. Because all God did want to do was come manifest in this place. And my heart would break every time I would hear how horrible something happened in the region. And how people were divided and broken. And how people were hurt. And I know the Lord sent us here for a reason. He sent us here that we would call out to God and get on our faith to pray for this region. And he said, pray for the people because like Pete was saying, the people do matter. They matter to the Lord. Whoever you're mad at, whoever you're upset with. They matter to the Lord. (laughs) You know, as I was reading that scripture, I'd never seen it like that before where it says, I set a table before you with your enemies. Your enemies are sitting at the table with you, with God. 
So what does that mean? They're really not your enemies anymore. Because we're all sons and daughters of the king. And I'm telling you, when you can let this stuff go, and you can let God really come into your heart this morning, and just heal some areas, and know that you need him, you can't do this without him, then he will come in and bring restoration, and he will bring healing, and then you'll be able to march forward into your promised land and take a hold of some things that the Lord has had sitting there waiting for you. Don't let another 40 years pass you by. Don't let another moment, another second pass you by without unforgiveness in your heart. Because I'm telling you, your promises are sitting right there. And if you just learn how to forgive, you'll be able to take the land back and begin to walk into the promises he has for you. God, I pray to you this morning, Lord. Help us not to be complainers or murmurs anymore, Lord. Change our way of our thinking and our thoughts, Lord. Purify our thought process, Lord. Purify our the way we think, Lord, because it's it's not you all the time that puts those thoughts in our head, God. It's the enemy, Lord. So I just ask that you eradicate the thoughts that the enemy puts there sometimes, Lord. And I pray that you put it with your goodness. Send your sugar on our <laughs> on our thoughts this morning, Lord. That you're a good God. <laughs> and you want us to walk across into the promised land, Lord. <laughs> Come, Lord, and touch our hearts this morning, Lord. Transform our hearts, Lord, to look more like you, Lord. That even tomorrow when we wake up, Lord, that wound... That offense, that hurt won't be there any longer, Lord. That you would mend every tear. You would mend every hurt, Lord. And that any baggage that we've carried, Lord, that we lay it at your feet this morning, Lord. We let it go to you, God. Every part, Lord, we just give it all back to you, Lord. <laughs> And we just begin to walk forward in our purpose, in our destiny, Lord. And the promises that you have for your children, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for where we've been, God. <laughs> and we thank you, God, for where we're going, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the promises. We thank you for the promises, God, that you are releasing upon this, this building here, upon this city, God, upon our state, God, and upon our nation, God, that we're moving forward into your promises, God. <laughs> and nothing else matters, God. Nothing else matters, God. 
but just us going into that intimate place with you, Father, and spending that intimate time with you. For the fruit and the harvest is big. <laughs> and it's going to be so good, Lord. <laughs> and it's just getting ready to unfold over us very soon, Lord. And we just come and we ask for you to get us ready, Lord. Get us ready in our hearts. Get us ready in our mind. Get us ready to be carriers of your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.